The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. John E. Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money, managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you create better financial habits, envision your long-term goals, and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of John E. Sistina and Company are on deck to show you the way. Thank you for joining the Managing to Be Wealthy podcast. I am your host, Tracy Bennett. We're going to bring you topics to help you do things better. Joining me today are certified financial planners, Cole Hammock and Tony Payne. Hey, guys, welcome back. Great to be with you. Thanks, Tracy. Good to see you. Today's episode is all about jobs that aren't your typical nine to five. Uh, lots to cover. So if you're ready to pursue your passion, there's a lot to peel back. Um, Beyond the Norm, Tailoring Financial Plans for Unique Careers. It's going to be a fun one. Okay. Yes. Lots of we'll different flavors of this one with the landscape the way it is. Sure. Um, you know, people kind of leaving their longtime careers and chasing their dreams and opening side hustles. There's a lot of financial planning to be considered when you're doing that, and we're going to break that down for you. The first question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm, I'm happy to be here. Drone pilot consultant. Is that an option? I, cha- I changed my answer. That sounds fun. Virtual reality experience designer. I don't know what that means. <laughs> These are neat things, though. Professional snuggler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I haven't heard of that one before. I, I was looking over. First, I thought it said smuggler, so I need to get my eyes checked. But. <laughs> Chief listening officer. That's, oh, uh, that's Tony, that would be a good one That's heartfelt. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good nice. one. Can we chief, open that option up? How about uh, chief no. beer officer? <laughs> that's not for me. More, more possible than chief listening. <laughs> Cybersecurity right. ethical hacker. Oh, you're white hat hackers. I'm familiar with that one. That's the, like the first one I recognize. Right? <laughs> Professional sleeper. That would be me. Go Come on. on. I could do Come that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, gamer you know, dog walker, some some more relatable things, you know, uh, influencer, the athlete. If you would have told me 15 years ago <laughs> that there were professional shoppers and not just like for celebrities, but actually somebody to go pick up your groceries and drive them to you, I would have thought this is a joke. <laughs> but now that really is a career. There's businesses yeah. built on it. So that's what we're talking about are some of these things that, you know what, we may not have thought of them as real Maybe they weren't, but you know what? People are out there making money doing it, so I think that's what we're talking about. Right. There's a market for everything. Right. takes a little bit of self-reflection and assessment. There's a lot to be planned and a lot of things to consider when you're deciding to leave a full career. Um, on, a, on a sort of low-key side, my father did this. He retired early. Uh, he was a production engineer at Rockwell International for I think he was 53 years old when he retired and became a professional musician, which was his lifelong dream, and That's did awesome. that the rest of his life. But it, it, you know, it caused him to make some serious adjustments to his lifestyle, his finances, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get into kind of career transition planning, um, addressing the financial aspects of cre- career transitions overall, especially mm-hmm. for short-lived professions. Uh, what would you? What would your idea be of a short-lived profession? Well, I mean, depending upon what your goals are, 
it may not be something you want to be short-lived, but it may be something that just turns out that way. You think about a lot of the arts and those sorts of things mm-hmm. where you may be able to produce once, but is it something you can repeat? Mm-hmm. That might be a short-lived yeah, career, a short-lived one. opportunity where you may be able to do something great, make some money for a few years, and whether trends change or things like that, you've got to be able to make sure that you're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. So if somebody's planning to leave a solid career for one that might have a shorter time span, um, I mean, I guess the first thing is what's the goal, right? Well, I love the way we say that. I mean, it's important, though, the solid career. And I might challenge that a little bit with the way I like to challenge things to say, if someone else is the boss or some corporation's in control, you're basically a line on that sheet. So I I would challenge a little the idea of that solid career because you might have a 401k, you might have benefits, you might have a salary, but at the end of the day, how much control do you have over your future? What you're doing, how needed you are. So I think sometimes when people are ready to make that leap or they're debating, you know, do I leave this career that I've been at 15 or 20 years and I build up some equity or that kind of thing, You've also got to consider, well, am I just a stroke away from somebody's spreadsheet from being gone anyway? So, Tony, you, you employ us, and that, that whole statement made me a little nervous. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I hear you. I no hear comment. you, Cole, number 3675. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> He's under the desk now. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I was thinking benefits, but, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> view it from the stability standpoint. But uh, you have to understand what you have access to at your current employer and what you're giving up. And the biggest one I think a lot of people think about is health insurance, mm-hmm. right? Because it's one yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, at the most of the, the most of the time they they think about money. So the salary, sure. oh, you know, but, they, but it's more important to think about the yeah. insurance part the, of it. The intangibles uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, because it's it's expensive generally at the employer level. It can be a lot more expensive at the private level. Uh, so you need to be prepared for those new outflows that you're going to see, not just what the, the change in income is going to be, but a lot of those expenses may increase as well because now you're covering those fully versus getting some of that subsidized at the employer level. No, you guys are right on it. And it's not to say you couldn't get insurance or you couldn't get benefits, but part of making that leap is you asked, Tracy, what do you want to do to be prepared before you make the leap is have cash. Be able yeah. to be able to pay for your insurances, be able to pay for those other things that maybe you were getting through an employer, even something like your retirement contribution. If you can still make that from the cash you're making, you're not giving that up. So you just have to plan for it, though, mm-hmm. and acknowledge what am I giving up. Takes a little preparation then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Looking more at just, hey, what's my take-home pay? What do I have to replace? It's all those other things Cole was mentioning. Right. Right. Navigating irregular income. So how do you guys suggest somebody create solid strategies for a fluctuating income for some of these careers that are out of the box? I mean, it's, it's, it may seem logical to you, but to, no, you know, it's, are there any, is there anything out of, sort of on the radar that people can do? Yeah. I mean, really, it's, it's I, I get excited by that question only because you see so many people do well. <laughs> And they don't know what to do, and they get behind. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't cut the tax money off the top, Mm -hmm. or they don't cut money off for savings off of the top. So when you think about irregular income, you know, you have that one deal that closed, and there's 250000 Now for the next four or five months, you're looking for the next deal. You know, how do you manage how that works? And normally it's that separation of here's the business, 
business cash reserve, business cash flow, business expenses, and then personal cash flow and personal expenses. Hopefully you could try to create a stable income out of that 250 in this example to say, what might I need over three, four months? That'll be my pay while I have my business expenses, my business cash reserve. You've got to do a little bit more work than just get your two week paycheck. Mm -hmm. But the idea is if you're deliberate, you can still have a reserve in your business account for that next time that you know, or until the next time you get paid. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where my brain went to. So less on, less on the uh, actual income aspect, but the, the protection, the everything in between. Uh, so that makes all the sense in the world to me where you came from. Because uh, my, my brain went to like realtors, mm -hmm. right? It's very much a, a feast, or, feast or famine yes. kind of industry yeah. uh, where your, your springs and summers, they're going to be hot. And then you have your falls, winters, less so. You need to make sure that you can make it through the the bad season. So oh. it starts with cash flow, right? Yeah. Assessing yeah. what you've got coming in and what you've got going out, what you need to live on, mm -hmm. really basic foundational things That's exactly. to assess the money flow, right? No, definitely. And if you are an artist or you're someone who maybe you need capital to get your next deal going, you're a developer and you're waiting for that next piece or property to open up, you've got to also keep your cash on hand for your business investments. So that's the other part, too, of not running yourself so thin that when the next opportunity presents itself, you don't have the backing to do it. So you want to make sure that's why that business cash reserve is key, too. So it sounds like it's really important to have two separate sets of accounts, one for business. So as you're starting out, right, we open a business account. So. We have a business checking account. We pay ourselves as though we were working for that business, right? As opposed I, to commingling? I think so. Again, accountants can deal with the tax implications and maybe there's ways to do it a little simpler. But from my point of view, to really think in your mind separately, how do I keep these things separate? Because just like you had another employer that wasn't you, you're going to have a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And the more you can separate those two, I've got income from my business, then I've got income for myself, I think it just clears things up for you a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right, good answers. So it's, it's hard enough to say, but when the money isn't coming in consistently, that you know, this is a good approach, right? So <clears throat> it takes a little bit of discipline, a lot of organization, a little bit of pre-planning before you dip your toe in the water. And you've got to consider retirement planning, and that's a whole other conversation we're going to get to later because I can't even imagine – navigating retirement planning without the cushion and the foundation of a consistent income coming in every month that that's that would be very uh challenging so let's let's jump to maximizing non-traditional revenue so give some people some insights into optimizing income from various con unconventional sources so should people reallocate their funds to prioritize like liquidity and financial security during a transition like this Definitely. I mean, the, you hit the key word liquidity. Mm -hmm. I mean, liquidity is going to be key, whether you're making new business investments, you need to purchase stuff, you just need to pay the bills while you aren't getting your old paycheck. Liquidity is probably the key there. You know, hopefully you still have your long term money. You know, that money you were setting aside earlier on for retirement, that may still be set aside for long term. Hopefully you don't raid that pot for right now. That was my next, okay. you know, you hear people yep. saying I'm going to cash in my, borrow against my 401k or cash in my 401k to mm -hmm. supplement what I need now and, and thinking they have to, all the time in the world to make up for what they took out. What's, what's your feeling about that? Don't. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it's I found. It's a strong feeling, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> simple, sweet. But that's exactly what I found when you said reallocating funds because that, that's something that you should be preparing for with the funds that you do have or saving up already and not looking for other pieces necessarily to draw that from because that's how you're going to shoot yourself in the foot long term. Because mm-hmm. once you take that money out, that you can't put that back in, mm-hmm. at least not for those same tax years. Right. And I have to say this. I mean, we know it. The definition of an entrepreneur is a risk taker. And if you know you've got that great idea and it's only 50000 away, it's hard to tell yourself, no, I'm not going to get out of this boring old 401k maybe or I won't borrow against it. But when you really look at the bigger picture, that diversification, those tax benefits, avoiding the tax penalty, those are usually a lot stronger. And then you have to rule, what are my other means? It's not to say I don't have this great idea and I shouldn't invest in it, but hopefully there's another avenue where you can still try to keep your retirement pot protected and diversified. And that could be exploring multiple revenue streams like, you know, streaming, right? Streaming, sponsorships, partnerships, based on what kind of business you're doing, right? Let's talk about taxes and legal considerations. So there's, I mean, we're not CPAs and we're not attorneys. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but can we help people understand what kind of unique tax implications there might be for individuals? Um, and we can, you know, maybe kind of use some examples, like a mus- musician, for instance. I mean, there's no real overhead other than your instrument. If you've got a Stradivarius trumpet that's worth $22,000, right, you want to probably insure that. But mm-hmm. artists... So they would have special considerations on the on the tax and the and the um, the legal side of things to protect their overhead. Well, yeah, I, I think of someone I know who's a writer. You know, we had the writer strike recently. They went a while without income. You know, it's, it's staggered. Just like we're talking about, you have your great projects where you get your regular checks, and then feast or famine sometimes. So the idea of, you know, in that famine year, we still had to buy equipment, still had to pay subscriptions, still needed to stay current with stuff. Keep track of all that. I mean, the idea is you're still going to hopefully be able to deduct that or carry Mm -hmm. it over. You're going to want to keep your records because the idea of it's just one year, no, it's a continual business. So you may have some great years or some slow years, but the idea is continue keeping records throughout. And then when times come back, hopefully you can stack up some of those deductions. Should people see an attorney first and then a CPA second when they're considering doing this? Is this the first and second step to kind of build that out? They should. How practical is it when you have a new idea and maybe you don't have all the money in the bank? I I see that. I hear that a lot. It's hard. But to make those calls and pound the Mm -hmm. pavement and really get some free consultations, Mm -hmm. we know it is hard. We know some people don't even call you back when you're a new client nowadays or a potential. But the idea would be, I'm going to pound the pavement. I'm going to make the phone calls. And if I can talk to five different accountants or attorneys, I'm going to learn something. Mm -hmm. And that would be the investment to make at the bare minimum. And if you find one of them who's great and you enjoy working with, well, then you know, okay, when I need something, at least I already have that person in mind. Yeah, because at the attorney level, they're recommending the entity type, right? So it may not be a sole proprietorship, something simple, but maybe something with a little bit more liability protection. That's where they come in. Mm -hmm. Or if you are developing product, right, we need to look at patenting. That's a big one. Yeah, we didn't talk really patenting, but you definitely want an attorney. Mm Uh, and then thinking the the CPA side, obviously, they're going to be making sure that you don't do anything dumb, right? <laughs> Which can be easy to do when you're just kind of doing your own thing, thinking we can deduct everything. But 
you got to be careful right. right, on what you can deduct. And I know we've talked about that in the past, and uh, they'll get into the retirement planning conversation, what accounts are relevant, uh, like we had brought up briefly before. So, yeah, I definitely want those guys in your no, you're, team. You, you hit on some great points there, Cole, especially depending upon if it's a product. I mean, the idea of if you have some factory somewhere overseas making it, who's testing it to make sure what was in there is actually safe? That's something yeah. your attorneys typically bring up in that process where you might have proofed things out here and you know how to do it, but once you let someone else do it, you've really got to make sure that no corners are being cut or you're going to be liable. Mm-hmm. So these are other things where, you, depending upon what you have going on, it might drive you to have to talk to someone quicker. Right. Take your list into the professional when you're building your brand, things like defining your, your value and creating your brand statement content creation sh- uh, and sharing, collaborating with peers, media, all those things have to be kind of vetted through the professional, the specialist. Let's talk about investing lightly. I don't want to go too, <laughs> too far down. No this numbers. One, but when there's no employer per se, and there are specific tools um, out there, are there any that are kind of created just for this type of unique career? Are there some that are better for somebody in this situation when there's no 401k? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say necessarily better. It, it, it is very much a where's your, your profit, what are your expectations. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, employment, op- or not employment rather, uh, but uh, retirement plan opportunities for those that are self-employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, not getting into numbers, but there's your solo 401k, which for all intents and purposes, that's a lot like an employer 401k, but you call the shots. You can have that at your own level. There's what's called a, a SEP IRA and a simple IRA. There's a little bit more simplified versions, a little bit easier to administer, but different considerations in terms of how you can contribute and how much you can contribute. So it all comes down to your specific numbers, but you really do have as much, if not more flexibility than your traditional employment would offer. If I'm a painter and I want to create a SEP uh, IRA for myself Mm -hmm. as as an LLC, where do I go to do that? Most of the... uh, Big custodians out there, like your Fidelities, your Vanguards, would have options for you. Okay, great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Protection. Let's talk about insurance needs. I'm going to assume that for somebody like a digital influencer, there's a heavy emphasis on brand partnerships, sponsorships, navigating tax implications for sure, uh, depending on what you're what you're pushing. So yeah. as a result, the income may come from different streams. Um, how do you monetize that if it's not a tangible item? So you, you go into, a, let's say it's a uh, um, clothing, you're a clothing influencer. You know, how do you monetize that? I think there's if a way you're to working put a with different valuation people. on contracts, right? So yeah. Kanye was valued, so no. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. we don't need to get into that. But um, No, it's, I mean, I'm taking that question just to say it, the monetized part is the business part. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a business if you're just creating content. So what you're saying is how do they make the leap from maybe somebody who's a content creator and wants to be uh, making money from this or make it a business? Well, then usually it's sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And that's where this world and so many conflicts of interest and I'll say the shady part of stuff comes in here because we've seen it. There's been SEC settlements with big celebrities. There's, they've been going after even, I'll say, just lower level influencers because there's not a lot of transparency. So you picked one that's kind of, I'll say, easy clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a big investment there normally. But when you have some of these influencers talking about crypto 
or other investments or yep. things overseas, and they've gotten a bag of money or better yet, a bag of coins like happened with some of these other celebrities, and you don't even know about it. It's not disclosed, but they're posting how great it is and how they're going to do this, and it's the future. That's where you really have to watch out. So there's a lot going on, actually, in that world of trying to bring a fiduciary element into influencing and trying to do it the right way where people can disclose, yes, I got paid $10,000 by Dove to show their product in this ad. That, I think, is important. You know, in our world, we have to disclose that kind of stuff, and that way consumers can make an informed decision. So when we talk about people monetizing, and I'm, I guess I'm going the other way with it, I, unfortunately, it seems like if you have the followers and you have the content, people flock to you to say, hey, you've got eyeballs, we'll give you some money to get those eyeballs, but it's probably a little more complex than that if you want to do it the right way. Excellent. So let's talk about insurance needs because they're different for everybody. Uh, we talk a lot about that in our business, but and I think I think it's simplified for the majority of our needs, right? The average person. But with somebody like a musician, talked about before, I keep drumming that. You know, that's that's obvious. So it's personal mm-hmm. uh, personal insurance. But other than that kind of coverage, are there things to consider on the same level as somebody like us? You know, working for a company. Yeah, so again, it really depends on what you do. Like you let off with, everyone's going to be different. But there are a lot of uh, different insurance options catered to individuals that are doing their own thing, like general liability insurance. Mm-hmm. So that, that's going to be a little bit different than like umbrella insurance at the personal level. But that's more business focused. If something happens at the business level, am I going to be okay? Am I protected? Or workers' comp, <laughs> if you have other employees, something you've not had to worry about paying into. Um, necessarily or having that policy as maybe a W-2 employee, but if you have your own employees, you gotta be paying into that. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I think about one of my good friends who started a youth baseball league and it, many teams now, it's grown significantly over the last decade or so, and they've gotta have insurance, they've gotta mm-hmm. have HR for their coaches, they've gotta be doing accounting, they've got now some significant overhead, but it's a business. So the idea of taking a dream being able to say, I want to play baseball, I'm not going to go pro, but I want to make it a business I can do later in life even. That's what they were able to do. But the idea of all these things we're bringing up, you've got to still worry about taxes. You've got to worry about your retirement. You've got to worry about liability. You know, it's real though, unfortunately, but somebody gets hurt, somebody twists an ankle. There's all kinds of nightmare scenarios. You know, you play a game and freak lightning happens. There's all kinds of stuff that you might be held liable for that you've got to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of if you're the one where you're hanging the sign out, it's your name on the door, you're responsible for all of this. And that's why we bring it up and part of what we do to help bring it to your attention Mm -hmm. to say, here's some areas to think about, here's some experts to talk to, because it's not always so obvious what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great point. Takeaway here is to make sure that you're organized. I mean, if you have a passion, you have something that you really wanna do, do your research, Uh, seek out the professionals, uh, talk to the specialists and talk to the generalist who knows a lot to to be able to direct you to the specialist. That's what we do every day. Uh, We're comprehensive, holistic financial planning firm fee only. If you'd like to, uh, to have some help sorting through your financial planning questions and you want to get a closer look at what you have to do to get closer to your dream, give us a call. We'll schedule a complimentary consultation with you to sit down and talk to one of our CFPs here. 
Uh, we hope you'll join us the next time. We hope this was an interesting and fun topic for you, and maybe it gets your creative juices going. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. We are managing to be wealthy. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Managing to be Wealthy podcast. We help you make the most of your money without any hidden fees or commissions. Remember, the best investment you can make is in yourself and your financial future. Keep listening for more expert advice and tips. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. To schedule a one-hour complimentary consultation to discuss your financial concerns, visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com.